I would like to begin this Mass of Thanksgiving for the overturning of Roe versus Wade, a Mass of Thanksgiving for all the new life that will come into our country, on behalf of that, with a word from our bishop, from the letter that he wrote on the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned. He said, Many have said that they never thought they would see the day when the U.S. Supreme Court would overturn a tragic decision it made almost 50 years ago when Roe v. Wade was decided. Today, the Supreme Court in Dobbs v. Jackson ruled that Roe is no longer the law of the land. These past five decades, U.S. citizens have lived with an unjust law that permitted some to decide whether or not others can live. As a result, generations of pre-born children have been denied the right to life. From here forward, June 24th can now be celebrated as a birthday of sorts for our nation, as a day that recognizes the value of God's gift of life for all. It is important that we move forward doing all we can to encourage the sanctity of marriage and family life. We must be diligent in working hard to reverse the evil ideologies that are determined to deconstruct traditional values. Values that truly protect and nourish the lives of our innocent children and families and thus the health of our nation. Bishop Peter. And that is what we're doing today. In a very small way, with a simple mass of thanksgiving, turning back to God to thank Him for the gift of this overturning that has happened in our country, and a small procession to not be afraid to manifest our faith. That's, I have to admit, that's one thing that surprised me. I'm so thankful for every single one of you that has come out today. But this is something that's been broadcasted over the entire southern hemisphere of our of our diocese and i know some of you have come so as far as buell and twin falls just to be here for this thanksgiving mass but when i've talked to catholics about what has just happened in recent days there's a quietness about it almost a fear of what kind of retribution will be now that this has taken place so the first thing I want to say is thank you for being here, but let us never be afraid to manifest our faith, no matter how loud the opposition gets in the world. And it will get louder. We can never live by a spirit of fear or be determined by the spirit of the evil one of this world. We will all be sent out like sheep amongst wolves in this world. The same as Christ's disciples in his time, so it will be for us. And that's why when Jesus says, you will be my witnesses to the end of the earth, what word does he use? What does witness mean in Greek? Martyr. Martyrus. So what he told, tells his disciples, you will be my martyrs to the end of the earth. Because what you stand for will stand against so many people around you. That's why the, the virtue we need more than anything right now is fortitude and courage to never be afraid to proclaim the gospel that we have received in Christ. And that is what we're here to do today. I want to talk about two groups in the history of the world. And it's something I was thinking about from a quote from Cormac McCarthy, one of my favorite authors. He wrote um, the book, All the Pretty Horses in the Borderline Trilogy. This is a line that, I, that I've been thinking about. 
When I was in school, I studied biology. I learned that in making their experiments, scientists will take some group, bacteria, mice, people, and subject that group to certain conditions. They compare the results with the second group, which has not been disturbed. This second group is called a control group. It is the control group which enables a scientist to gauge the effect of his experiment, to judge the significance of what has occurred. But in history, there are no control groups. There is no one to tell us what might have been. We weep over what might have been, but there is no might have been. There never was. It is supposed to be true that those who do not know history are condemned to repeat it. But I do not believe that knowing history can save us. What is constant in history is greed and foolishness and a love of blood. And this is a thing that even God, who knows all that can be known, seems powerless to change. And if we look at our history, the history of this world, I think it's a conclusion it's hard to deny. What is constant in history is greed, foolishness, and a love of blood. The greed and the foolishness of Adam Adam and Eve, who had everything they could ever desire in the garden, and yet still rebelled against God. And the love of blood of Cain, who would kill his own brother out of envy. That's something we must always remember. The first death in recorded biblical history was not a natural death. It was a murder of one's own family member. This love of blood runs deep in our history, especially in our own children. In Israel itself, the Israelites were known to worship a false god named Moloch, a sort of demon. And Solomon himself, Solomon was the wisest of all men, they say, in the Old Testament and scriptures. And yet, having his heart turned away from God by the many women that he married, he ended up building a temple to Moloch right outside of Jerusalem. And what the Jews would do is they would take their children, and if they had a special wish that they wanted to get, whether for health or prosperity, what have you in this world, they would sacrifice their child and lay it on the hands of this statue of Moloch to be offered up to him. And the scriptures are constant in speaking about this false worship and foolishness of the Jews in that time. And yet we we think that we're so far beyond that. And that how many Planned Parenthood places are on every street corner throughout the U.S. And we don't think twice about it. question I have, though, is there another way? Is there another way to understand who we are as human beings if you go back to the very beginning of Scripture and you find this fallen nature within us, this greed, this foolishness, and this love for blood? I think there's only one true control group control group that we can look to and measure ourselves against to find out how am I living and is it according to God or is it according to the world and that is Jesus and Mary Jesus Christ came to reveal to us what it means to be a human being and how we are to live and he also came to reveal the darkness for what it was that's a light in the darkness to draw the devil to the serpent and his lies. 
and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Every man must, to, in order to truly understand who we are, we must look to Jesus Christ and see how my life reflects his life. And every woman, to truly measure herself, must look over and over again at the Blessed Virgin Mary to see who do I stand in light of her. The two wars that we see in the history of this world is not about abortion, but abortion and pro-choice is really the apex of that war. And it's a choice between my will and God's will. That's the essence of salvation. And that's the essence of damnation. The only way we get to heaven is by doing the will of the Father. And Jesus himself even says, many will come to me at the end of the time and say, Lord, Lord, do we not preach in your name? Do we not perform miracles in your name? You say, depart from me, you evildoers, what you did with your will, you evildoers, for only though I do not know you, for only those who do the will of my Father will inherit the kingdom. It's the biggest reason we say we're not saved by faith alone, because Christ himself said over and over again, it's not what you say, it's what you do. And we all know that in our hearts by what true love is. True love does not come from mere words. It's how I express that in my actions. So the real battle in our life is, am I surrendering to God's will or am I doing my own will? Self-will or surrender? Because the essence of Jesus and the essence of Mary is the same. Mary, from the first time we see her in scriptures, let it be done to me according to your word. Total surrender to the word of God. And the last recorded words that we have about the Blessed Virgin Mary, do whatever he tells you. That's who Mary is in the world. She was a yes to God, and she points anyone who comes close to her to do her son's will. And Jesus Christ himself, the new Adam, I came not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. Father, take this chalice away from me, but not my will but your will be done. Everything that Jesus did was for the will of the Father. In reference to abortion, I want to read a couple quotes from St. Mother Teresa and Father John Hardin that exemplifies this. St. Mother Teresa says, I feel that the greatest destroyer of peace today is abortion because it is a war against the child, a direct killing of the innocent child, Murder by the mother herself. Any country that accepts abortion is not teaching its people to love, but to use any violence to get what they want. This is why the greatest destroyer of love and peace is abortion. It is a poverty that, is, that a child must die so that you may live as you wish. That a child must die so that I can live as I desire. Father John Hardin says, underline all the superficial arguments of the fundamental reason for abortion. What is this fundamental reason? It is sheer self-will. As you read the pro-abortion literature in recent years, one theme stands among all the rest. It is a woman's right to be herself and to have no one to put limitations on her will 
I will quote a brief statement. When women are able to be self-assertive, that to me is a step towards moral, emotional, and intellectual growth. When I had an abortion, that's what it represented to me. Or another, without control of our fertility, we can never envision ourselves as free, for our biology makes us constantly vulnerable. So he concludes, thus the veneration of choice without relation to what or why something is chosen reveals how deeply secular mind is infected with what we call the idolatry of self-will. And that is the true idolatry of our times. And that is exactly what is being pushed in America. That's what the Masons stand for, is doing your own will. Do your own thing. If it feels good, do it. The devil does not need us to believe in him, to worship him. To worship Satan means to do the will of Satan, which is our own will. Satan means non serviam. I will not serve. I will not obey. That is a fundamental struggle for every one of our lives. And that's why it goes so much further than just being pro-life. If we're really going to change the diabolical ideologies that have infested our country, especially our times, our devotion to Christ and to His will must take place in, in the deepest parts of our reality. Everything I am is God's will for me. A total receptivity to God's will. It is not just about abortion. This goes far deeper. It goes into same-sex marriage. It goes into transgenderism. It, it goes into refusing to use any sort of artificial birth control to be open to God's life. One of my, a man I look up to very much, nine children, he said, I said, how did you do it? He goes, my wife and I, we practice providential planning. We just have sex and we let God do his thing. Whatever he wants. According to his providence, we'll have the kids that we need. And what does that mean? It means God will take care of me. That if I'm open to life, he will take care of me and all the children that he wants to bring about in that relationship. It means that everything I think, there should be nothing contrary to what I believe and what the Catholic Church professes. From Calvary, from the First Council of Jerusalem to the Second Vatican Council today. And there can be no contradictions within that. But I receive everything the Catholic Church as my mother gives me. Everything else is my own selfish will. In every way, we must ask ourselves, as men and as women, as disciples of Christ, what are the places in me where I am still doing my own will, seeking my own life, doing my own thing, saying I'm Catholic in all these ways except this or that? Jesus Christ was an absolute yes to the will of the Father. The Blessed Virgin Mary was an absolute yes to the word of the Father coming to her. And that is the true control group that we must measure ourselves against every single day. I'll end with a quote from Peter Kreeft. 
He said abortion is the Antichrist demonic parody of the Eucharist. That is why it uses the same holy words. This is my body with the blasphemously opposite meaning. And that is what we come to Mass to do over and over again. That when we see Jesus Christ offering his own body and blood on this altar, given up for us, that in receiving him, we might allow his word, his example, his mind to take place in the very depths of our being. So that when we go out in this world, everything that Jesus Christ was is reflected in us. This is my body. Not for me, but totally given up for another.